Okay, good morning everyone. It's great to resume our Sunday Chassidus uh, Nesiva Shalom on the Parsha. It really charges the whole week with uh, insight into the Parsha. So this, part, this week's Parsha we're introduced to Avram Avinu. And uh, Avram Avinu, who is of course Avram Goyim, he's the father not only of the Jewish people, he's the father, father of ethical monotheism. And even that is to a large degree a misnomer. There are many before Avraham who had already discovered Hashem, brought karbanos to Hashem, had a relationship with Hashem. What made Avram different, what made him stand out, is that unlike those individuals who maintained a private relationship with Hashem, he stood in a soapbox and he tried to bring convert to the, the world. Masses, yeah. He tried to bring it to the masses. He tried to proselytize. What we don't do today, Avram did do. He stood in a soapbox and he, and he was largely successful. If you look at the world population today and you assume Islam is a monotheism, this is according to the Rambam, and Christianity, according to the Me'iri, it's obviously very controversial, but has elements, at least, of monotheism. And you look at the population of the globe, of the world, you see that Avram was largely successful. We live in a country that's based on Judeo-Christian values. They love to say that, which is a strange phrase, because Judeo-Christian is really Judeo, because Christian is based on Jewish values. So, you know, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, they have Jewish terms, they have biblical terms all throughout. So Avram Avinu comes onto the scene, and he literally transforms the world, the way we know it, the way we know it today. Okay, we're, we're, we're being recorded here. <laughs> we are on, uh, on the page Anochim Magenlach. After these things, Shem appeared to Avram in a, in a dream, in a cloud, saying, Altira Avram, Anochim Magenlach Aschar Chahar Maod. Don't be afraid, Avram. Altira Avram. We say this, Motzi uh, Shabbos. Altira Avram. Anoch, I'm your shield. You have a lot of reward waiting. What was Avram afraid of? Hashem comes and he reassures Avram. Don't worry, don't be afraid. I am your protector, I am your savior, I am your shield. I've got your back. I've got your back. I know you're worried what could be, what's going to happen. I've got your back. No worries. So says the Slanam Rebbe, the altar Slanam Rebbe, the bear of Ram, that Avram Avinu was worried that he had used up all of his merits. Here Hashem had intervened, interceded on his behalf in extraordinary ways, saved him from the fiery furnace in Orkazdim, saved him from the war of the four and the five kings, and maybe now he was going to get arrogant. Maybe now he was going to be Magili. He's going to come to expect Hashem's always going to be there to bail me out, and things will happen exactly the way I want. Maybe if Hashem is always helping him, maybe he's worthy of that. Avram Avinu is worried that it's going to go to his head. He's going to think he's all that. That I'm all that. I'm the greatest in the generation. I'm doing Hashem's work, so he's always going to have my back. I don't have to try. I don't have to worry. I don't have to daven. It's all going to happen. So when a person is is at the brink of um, you're, you're worried, you're anxious, you're fearful, the response, the right thing to do is to buckle down on your Hashemayim. Just when you think, you know what? I'm about to lose my merits. Kirsh Baruch is not going to tap my back on this one. Maybe it's going to go to my head. That's when you have to buckle down and redouble your efforts for your Hashemayim to realize there's a Hashem in the universe. There's providence. He's in charge. I'm in awe of Him. I defer. I submit. To his will. But Hashem's response is, Don't worry. 
Avram, you don't have to turn to redoubling your yira. Because for you, I have another, I have another strategy. I have another piece of advice. I am your shield. It's not Yira Shemaim that you need to work on again, but rather it's Bitachon. Now the Salam Rebbe here is assuming that we understand the differences between these terms. We have a lot of terms that overlap. Emuna, Bitachon, Dveikus, Yira Shemaim, Avas Hashem. All these refer to our relationship with Hashem, our acknowledgement of Hashem, His role in our life, but there are important differences between them. Emuna is the philosophical knowledge that there is a first cause, that there is a creator, that there is Hashem. The world didn't come to chance randomly or coincidentally. Maybe or maybe there wasn't a Big Bang, but if there was the Big Bang, the source, the cause of the Big Bang, which even science is yet to determine, but we know was Hashem. That's Amuna. Amuna is looking around this world and knowing, like every painting had a painter, every building had an architect, every sculpture has a sculptor, every book has an author. So too this world, which is no less detailed, intricate, complicated, complex, it too has a designer, and that designer is Hashem. I have Amuna. I have knowledge, like Amen. Amen. Imun means I affirm. I affirm that there's a creator to this whole world. Now, maybe that world, maybe that creator moved on. I have a nice painting hanging on my wall, and I look at it and I see that the paint came together to form an image. I'm not talking about, what's that, called? What's that kind of painting that looks like my kid knocked over the paint bottle? Impressionism. Yeah, what? Abstract. abstract. I'm not talking about abstract. People spend millions of dollars it literally looks like, looks like a kindergartner spilled a bottle of ink. Push it, don't get it. But fine. So, but when you look at a normal painting, normal to me, so, and you see, wow, that's magnificent. Look at the background, the shading, the images, the people, the whatever is in it. So you say, oh, there's a painter. That doesn't mean you have a relationship with the painter. It doesn't mean you know who the painter is. It doesn't mean the painter knows dead. who you are. The painter could be long gone. The same is true with the building and the book and the sculpture and so on and so forth. So Bitachon is going a level beyond Emuna. Not just I have knowledge that there's a creator, but I have faith that the creator is involved in my life. I have Bitachon. Like Bitachon in Israel. Security, trust. I have my security, my <clears throat> trust is in Hashem, that He's intimately involved in my life. Dveikas is, once I know there's a God, He's intimately involved in my life, I'm choosing to cling to Him. I'm sticking with Him. Sticking with him, right? The the Rameir Simcha Dvinsk, the Meshachachma, has a beautiful image. He says Dveikus comes from Devek, which is glue. Stick with. A new person comes to work and is very worried. Where do I go? What do I do at the meeting? What do I say? How do I do? You say to them, just stick with me. I got your back. Just stick with me. Follow me. Stick with me. Kachvorchus says Dveikus. Just stick with me. If we stick with Hashem, He's got our back. Then there is Avas Hashem. There's the notion of an intimate, loving connection with Hashem. The feeling of His presence in our life, His love of us. And then there's Yira Shemaim, a sense of awe that Kodesh Baruch is in charge of everything, and I have awe, I live with the sense of awe that he is in control. So all these terms are not interchangeable, but they certainly overlap. So Avram Avinu said, I'm worried. I'm worried that Hashem, I've used up all my merits. He's intervened on my behalf, it's going to go to my head, and I will be unworthy. I'm going to have a spiritual collapse, to which Hashem says, and therefore Avram says, I better double down on my Yira. How will I convince Hashem to continue to grant favor to me? by living in awe and in fear of him, by shaking in my boots, by when Hashem says jump, I say how high. And Hashem says, whoa, whoa, that's not the response. That's not my relationship with you. I am your magain, I am your shield, I am your savior. I've got your back. How? When you place your trust and faith, when you realize that I'm involved in your life in every detail and I care about you. Ma'od, ma'od, the Pasuk says. Your reward that's waiting for you is great. And where does this come from? The Mishnah Navos, it says, Ma'od, Ma'od, Havesh, Varuach. 
be exceedingly humble. Even though Hashem has enormous reward waiting for you, even though He's got enormous reward waiting for you, don't let that go to your head, but rather, ma'od. Ma'od, ma'od, ruch. That should increase or promote your sense of humility. So, one of two reactions can happen when you feel that everything comes together. You're like, wow, I've got the roof, I've got the over my head, I've got the wife, I've got the family, I've got the job, I've got my health. Everything seems to be working out. These incredible things that I didn't think were going to work out, coincidence, chance, randomness, no, everything seems to be working out in my favor. So either that goes to your head and you say, thanks God, I don't need you. Nature has got my back. And I'm, I'm, all, I'm all that. It's my hard work that's earned that money. It's my charm, charisma, and good looks that's earned this wife. It's my parenting that's produced this beautiful family. It's all me, and I'm all that, and no thanks, God, I don't need you. Or you could say, wow, everything's going so well. Everything seems to have come together. I feel so humbled by it. I feel so humbled by it. I'm so worried that the other shoe's going to drop at any moment. I'm so humbled. I'm so unworthy. I feel so inadequate. And I'm so incredibly grateful to Hashem for all the bracha, for all the things that are happening in my life. I think feeling about chus avos. I always attribute a lot of stuff to oh, that. Oh, right. That, that the, right. Like we talk about every Yisker Drasha. That uh, mm-hmm. our grandparents davened, they cried, Absolutely. they invested, and we're cashing out on, on their on their schuyos. Absolutely. Which is partially what this is. We'll get to it in a moment. Magain Avraham. When we daven, we're tapping into his right. schuyos too. So Avraham, the schar chahar be ma'od, you have a lot of reward. The ma'od should remind us of the Ma'od Ma'od HaVishol Ruach, that Avram's reaction is to be incredibly humble. And this is why, true, we acknowledge Yitzchak, and we mention Yaakov, but that's the beginning of our Pasha. When Hashem tells Avram, you're chosen, through you the nations of the world will be blessed, and they will seal, they will conclude with you. How, where is it that we conclude with Avram? In Hashem in our davening. We say, Lekei Avram, Lekei Yitzchak, Lekei Yaakov, but we end... Why? What are we invoking about Avraham? Each had incredible qualities, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. What we're invoking about Avraham is Avraham is not only the first to have a Muna. Avraham is not only the first to look at a world and say, huh, it doesn't make sense that a book has an author and a painting has a painter, and, and yet we think this world came through these stone idols. No, there must be a creator, there must be a designer, there must be a first cause. Avram is not only the first to introduce us to Amuna, he's the first to introduce us to Bitachon. That he lives his life with the feeling that Hashem's got his back, and he seeks to cling to him. And that is the model that we follow, so we say, Magain Avraham. When we place our trust in Hashem, Hashem is our Magain, he's our shield, he's our protector, he takes care of us. It's just so hard to remember this in the moment. Last week there was a person who was going through a certain crisis. They were worried about a certain interaction with a certain person, and I just tried to remind them, so you're worried over something that has not yet happened, may or may not happen, likely won't happen. Your worry will not in any, there's no way you can explain to me how your worry can positively influence the situation. It will not relieve or alleviate the scenario that you're worried about. So the only thing that your worry can do is rob you of your happiness, your serenity right now, your relationships, the impact that you think it's going to have, you're going to bring upon yourself. So I reminded this person who's a Baal Bitachon, the person is a person who learns and davens and is strong Bitachon. I said, what are you worried about? Hashem's got a plan. So this person, you're worried about this interaction that may or may not happen, and if it happens, it likely won't happen. And if it does happen, there's a reason it's happening. And either way, you'll figure it out. There's a plan. A plan. And the person's, you're right. You know, we forget that. We, we daven. We learn. 
We talk about it. We listen to classes about it. But when the rubber meets the road and we're in that moment and we have to feel it. So we're, we're late to the airport and we may miss the flight and we're flipping out and we're sweating and we're going crazy. We forget everything. There's a reason for everything. Serenity so, now. Avram, serenity now. But the serenity is by through Bitochem. Serenity now is not George Costanza's serenity now. It's the serenity now of Magain Avraham. That just like Avraham found the peace, the serenity, he had the ability to overcome whatever obstacles came his way because he always put his bitachon in Hashem and Hashem therefore was his Magain. He's our Magain. For Hashem to be our Magain doesn't mean everything works out exactly the way we want. It doesn't mean every illness is healed, every infertility has a baby, every lonely person finds their shidduch. The Magain Avraham is not that at that moment Hashem actually provides everything you want. Sometimes the answer is no, but Hashem is being our shield even in those moments. Even when we don't realize it, sometimes He's protecting us from ourselves. He's a shield against what we think is in our best interest, but really wasn't. Like you said, Rechimech, it says it's a mitzvah, you're supposed to daven to Hashem, uh, especially in times of need, but then uh, that's the right side of the that comes down that you only should bother Him when you're you know, oh. really in danger. Exactly. Or, unless you decide everything is a time of need, because really... Right. Through this quality of Avram, not just an abstract God who's in theory philosophically out there, but a real Hashem, who when he's stuck in traffic, or when he's having a negative interaction, when he's worried about the stock market plummeting, that whatever's happening in his life, he's a Baal Bitochon. He says, there's a reason, there's a reason. I will not worry. I have serenity. I'm able to attain a Menuchas and Nefesh because I have Bitochon. But why are we associating Bitochem with Avram Avinu? Because we find there are two other qualities that are identified with Avram. Namely, He was the first to, as we said, he wasn't really the first to discover God, but he's the first to promote the belief in God. And also loving kindness. So Salam Rebbe says the answer is because bitachon is rooted in those two qualities. When you philosophically know that there's a God out there and you're a lover, you're a person who's filled with love and chesed, you feel Hashem's love and chesed to you, so the only result, the only uh, reaction will be to feel bitachon in Hashem. As it says in the first of the Ten Commandments, In the first of the Ten Commandments is included both of these qualities of Avram Avinu. First of all, there's Anochi Hashem Alokecha. Anochi Hashem is, God says, I'm here. I'm the first cause. I set everything in motion. I'm in charge. I'm the creator. I've always existed. I always will exist. That is the Hashem of, of, um, of existence. The Hashem who is the creator. But then there's also Anochi Hashem Elokecha. Hashem Elokecha. It's not Anochi Elokim. It doesn't say I'm God in the abstract. Elokecha. I'm your God. I'm your God. It doesn't matter how you're behaving. A parent loves a child no matter what. And children disappoint and children go a different path, and children fail to invest in a relationship or reciprocate with us, and yet a parent naturally continues to always see the best and be forgiving and love the child. And Hashem is the same with us. We're called Banim, no matter how we treat Hashem, He loves us. And that is included in Anochi Hashem, Elokecha, your God. 
ובטוח באבא השם אלוהו בקשר בין יהודי לאבא שבשמיים שלו השתנה, והוא אלוקיך בכל המצבים. This is what it means to be a Jew, to feel Hashem's love in every moment and at all times. Now, again, we're supposed to do the right thing, and there's no question there's an increase in the love in those moments, but there's a love at all times. There's a love at all times. But in order to have faith that Hashem loves me no matter how I'm behaving, like a parent, then you have to first have the first two, the other two, uh, you have to have the other two premises. You have to believe there is a God and you have to believe He loves you. You have to know you have a parent or to know your parent loves you. And when you do, you may not always be happy with your parent's decision. You know, especially a child, a teenager, the parent grounds them, the parent uh, slaps them for running in the street or sticking their finger in the outlet, and the child cries, you don't love me and I hate you and you hate me and I don't want to be in this house anymore. And the parent only sits back, we as parents sit back and say, look, I don't expect you to love every decision I make, but I want you to know that everything I do is out of love for you. It's all out of love for you. I get no benefit from it. It's because I feel I'm responsible, I'm the steward of raising you, and I'm trying to do the best I can to protect you, secure you, empower you for the best life. So when I say you can't go to that party, I tell you you can't run in the street. When I tell you you can't have that device unfiltered. When I tell you you can't, it's not because I don't love you and I'm trying to deprive you of happiness. It's not because I love you. And Hashem is the same with us. So sometimes you're not going to be happy. I deprive you. I put you in time out. I take away things or people that are important to you. And I don't expect you to always be happy with my decision, but I want you to know that it comes from loving you as a father. So in order to feel that, that He's our loving father, and that everything that happens is for a reason and is an expression of His love, we have to believe two things, that He's our Father and that He loves us. Only if we believe those first two things can we end up with the bitachon, which is the trust that everything that's happening is the result of His love for us. A friend of mine's mother has a great line. She said, if you don't like what I do, next time I run for mother, don't vote for me. There you go, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. These kids today would, would vote against. So even though we don't identify Avram with Bitachon, suggests the Salaam Rebbe, the two other qualities we do identify with him automatically, inevitably, are the source of Bitachon. Because Avram was the father of spreading monotheism, he was the big believer in Hashem's existence, and coupled with his knowledge that Hashem loved him. So, automatically then, you place your trust in him. Avram was tested with ten things, and he withstood them all. So how was he omed? How did he withstand his ten tests? Which we are to understand is a, Maisa of a similar bottom, we all endure ten tests in our lives. A test, a nace, can go one of two ways. The root nace can be, you can, Vayanas is to flee, is to run away. When you confront the test, you could run in the other direction. You could try to run away from it, try to escape that test. Or you can confront that test, you can overcome the test, you could persevere. And it will reveal, like the Ramban says, you take a potential that was latent inside you and you realize it. Until you were pressed into the corner, you never knew the kind of strength that you had, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You didn't know the capacity you had. So that test brought out something in you you never knew you had. And then nace means a banner to wave a banner, to wave a flag, to plant the flag that here, through this experience, I discovered something in myself. So that same word, Nisayon, can mean, can come from Vayanas, to run away. You can run away from a challenge, or you could confront that challenge, embrace that challenge, and allow that challenge to bring out the best version of, of yourself. So Avram was tested with 10 tests, and that is really a template that all of us are, te- are tested with our own 10 tests. One of the challenges is to go through Chomish Bracious, 
or the parashas of Avram Avinu and try to find what were his ten tests and to go through our own lives and try to identify where were the ten tests that shaped my life? Where were the ten junctures that I could have gone different directions? I could have reacted vayanas, I could have run away, or I could have confronted and it brought out the best in me, something in me I never knew, I never knew I had. Eina mida. What? It does. It says there are ten tests, and then the Rishonim debate them. The Rambam has his, Rav Yonah has his, all different versions of what those ten tests are. And you learn so much, really fascinating from these ten tests. So, what does it mean? Avram stood. He was omed in front of all these tests. He didn't succeed because he googled. What do I do when they want to throw me in the fiery furnace? What do I do when I have to negotiate with a low-life Efron Achiti? What do I do when I think I did the right thing with the Akeda only to discover that it scared my wife literally to death that she died because of something I did? All these are among the things that people identify as tests. So Avram didn't start Googling. He didn't call Tony Robbins. He didn't read a self-help book. What did he do? He turned to Hashem and he said, Hashem, give me some insight. What do we do? He's the one you turn to. I work occasionally with the evangelical community on Israel things. And I, every time I'm startled, my, my good buddy, Pastor Mario, Mario Bramnik, who who's a, heads a uh, pastor's network that he's responsible for hundreds of thousands of evangelicals. And when we're together, we're planning an event and we're wondering what to do about a certain thing. He'll say, Rabbi, let's take a moment and pray on it. Let's pray. Let's pray for clarity what we should do. And I was like, really? Wow. I think we're supposed to be doing that. I think we're supposed to introduce that to the world. And like, wow, like, how many of us react to it? I I did that in Shul check. I put on my towels to fill out Davin. What does that have to do with the business decision I have to make or the personal decision I have to make? Or what, what does that have to do with the idea that we pause and we say, let's stop in for a moment that Hashem give us some clarity. Let's connect to Hashem with the hope that He will open my eyes to what the right thing <clears> is to do. That's Bitachon. Avram so introduced that to us that we invoke it. So three times a day when we end that first bracha, Magain Avraham, not Yitzhak and Yaakov, but Avraham, the Magain, what we're tapping into is Hashem is our shield, He's our protector. He, he, the arrows are being flung at us, but we have the ability to persevere. Why? Because we put our trust in Him. That's how he persevered over the ten tests. It's with the faith and trust in Hashem that he went into the fiery furnace. If he was ready to burn, he knew Hashem is capable of saving me from this fiery furnace. But if he wants me to burn, I'll burn. If he wants to save me, I'll save me. But I'm not worried either way because this is what Hashem has placed before me and I put my trust in Him. The fact that he didn't burn and he wasn't consumed by the Kibshan and Aish is evidence of Hashem's love of him. We can't even tap it, we can't even begin to understand. Now, our generation can begin to understand because we have, we have extraordinary survivors who went into their Kivshan Ish. How many Jews went into the, or, or martyrs, who went into the gas chambers with Shema on their lips, with the Bitachon and said to Hashem, Hashem, if you want some miracle and it's going to malfunction and I'm going to live, and there were people in those scenarios, it'll happen, and if not, I won't live, but that's also part of your master plan, and with great faith, we have testimony of people who heard the singing of Ani Mamin on the way into the gas chambers. It's an altogether different level. 
Right? We lose our bitachon when the Wi-Fi speed is slow on the airplane where it was supposed to be free. And, right? We lose our bitachon with the most minor, insignificant, pathetic thing. Ah, I have no Wi-Fi. I have no coverage. So I'll cover it. There's no God. There's no God. My team got knocked out of the planet. There's no God. Right? These people went through the, their own kibshan ha'ish and they magain Avram. They tapped into the Magain Avram is a reminder that when I'm ready to give up hope, when I'm ready to stop thinking that there's meaning or order to this experience, Magain Avram. Avram davened his way through all of them with a deep level of amuna and bitachon. And that's the kavana that we're supposed to have when we say those words, Magain Avraham, to kind of reaffirm and reignite that bitachon in us, that whatever we're going to face in our day, to know, I'm not going to worry, I'm not going to stress, I'm not going to be anxious. Magain Avram. Hashem was Avram's shield, and he'll be mine as well. There's a little bit more to the piece, but i got to stop here.